1: Welcome to On The Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. I got Josh Newberg and Chris Nee with me as we record a semi-emergency podcast. A good emergency, though. We told you guys there would be good news. And fellas, did we lie to them? We didn't lie, right?
2: Nope. No lies told here.
1: No lies here. So FSU goes ahead and gets a commitment. I know the fan base was getting antsy. It's been a little while since there was good news on the recruiting trail. It was kind of getting stale for the last week and a half or so. It is a pandemic, so you know things are moving a little slowly. But Florida State goes ahead, lands a really nice commitment, someone I like. It's four-star cornerback Hunter Washington from Texas. Guys, is it Katie or Caddy? Katie. Katie Texas. Despite my inability to pronounce it correctly, it is a uh, considered a, a really prominent school in Texas and. Uh, Hunter Washington is the number 236 player nationally in the 24 seven sports composite ranking. The number 16 overall cornerback. Again, he's a guy I like. I, I think he's somewhere between like, he's kind of like a nickel corner safety hybrid. In my mind, I know FSU likes him as a cornerback. He's five foot 11 runs the 40 yard dash 4.7 seconds, but that's electronic time from a year ago. Good feet, really smooth, fluid, explosive, uh, I like what I saw, Christopher. You're always trying to put cornerbacks at safety. Is he a corner or is he safety in your mind?
3: I think he's a corner, but I think he's more like a nickel than a true out on an island on the edge kind of corner. Um, he's listed five eleven by us. His huddle is from at six one. Let's split the difference; he's right around six foot. The one thing I noticed watching his highlight film on huddle, which I, I watched couple weeks ago when Steve first put in the crystal ball for Florida state. And then I rewatched it again here today, just before we went on this call, the video, he's very good at coming downhill and cutting people out. He's very physical. He's willing to be physical, which is always an added plus at the cornerback position. The one thing the video doesn't show very much of, there's one or two examples of it is him kind of riding the hip, attaching, turning, burning, running downfield, locating the ball and playing the ball. Now, a clip in the video where he does do that. He does it very well. There's just not a whole lot of examples of that. I don't know if that's a matter of the scheme he plays in, the role he plays, or the opponents he plays. I don't know what that is, but that's one of those things where I wish there was a camp season to maybe see him in some of those one-on-ones in that setting, to just see him going against some of the best regional players at receiver and seeing how he does in that role. But on the high school film, I do like his physicality. I think that will lend itself to people trying to turn him into a safety but I think if you want a guy who's kind of a physical downhill corner, I think he fits that role. Doesn't show it a lot on video, but I think he's a guy who's capable of being a good press corner too because he's kind of a more compact physical build, and he's willing to be physical. That, that's probably the thing I most yeah. enjoy about his video is his willingness to be physical with players and the willingness to get off blocks and then go try to make a tackle. It's not just one run downhill and thud a guy. It's It's a continuous playing of physical nature.
1: That's what I was gonna say, Chris. It beyond just being when you say physical, that can mean a lot of things. The ability to take on blocks and do so with authority, to not just, you know, take take on a wide receiver and shed him, but like to legitimately put the wide receiver on his butt and then go make a play afterwards, that shows up a handful of times in both the sophomore and junior highlights, which is impressive. And and that's why when you talk about safety, yeah, I agree. Like you you see that physicality and you think, oh, he could maybe be a safety, but but truly like there's guys in the NFL now who specializes being those hybrid players. You think of like Lamarcus Joyner, uh, Buddha Baker, some guys who are a little bit more sought off, not the tallest around, but are quick or willing to be physical. And you can kind of move them around in different spots. That's the upside Hunter Washington has in my mind, uh, Josh, you put in the crystal ball early on for him. So I know this wasn't a huge surprise for you. Uh, but for the fan base, a little bit of relief, right? Like to go ahead and get get one on board. They were getting a little antsy, it felt like. And uh, you usually do a really good job getting the temperature of the fan base. So I'm gonna <laughs> want to get your thoughts on: Do we do a nice sigh of relief and say, okay, maybe a little momentum coming now?
2: Yeah, it's part of recruiting. There's there's times like this. No matter how hot you are as a team, there's times where you go uh, you go commitless for a long stretch. And Florida State had one of those. But um, I do think. Do I think this is going to, you know, create a downfall of momentum? No. Um I don't think it's going to change the board too much, but it is positive. We did see guys like um Jake Slaughter responding, coaches responding to the tweet. Uh it, speaking of Jake Slaughter, I mean that was a great, you know, uh tweet he had where he quoted it and said let's go. Um he's excited. You're seeing some guys out there but mainly, you just got to get these wins. These wins don't come very often for Florida State right now. We don't know when things are going to open up. Um, there's been a couple guys on commit watch, right? We had Destin Payson, We had Andrew Jones at one point during the lockdown. I mean, it seems like ages ago, but we thought he was on the verge of committing. So I think Florida State fans were a little gun shy to get too hyped when we put those crystal balls in because, you know, they're still waiting on Destin Payson and some of those other guys. Um, but this one came through. Two guys that celebrated a little bit on Twitter were Pazon and
3: Michael Trigg. So I think that's a good sign that you see those guys kind mm-hmm. of, you know, throwing an eye to FSU News, positive FSU News. They're both guys that I do feel like FSU's in a good spot for today. You have Trigg, Crystal Ball.
1: Can we talk about the Crystal Balls real quick? Chris was the first one in there. There were a couple that flew in this last week, and I think our message board took that as, like, something's imminent. Uh, Chris, why did you I, I, put yours in, and do you think there's something I imminent?
3: No, I don't. I don't think anything's immediately going to happen. I said when I entered that crystal Wall that it was more of a long-term projection. Now, timelines right now during the pandemic and the fact that things are shut down and some kids are rushing things, they're all kind of off. You know, we've seen kids go from saying, oh, I'm not in a rush and naming a top six and almost committing on Sunday. So those things kind of happen. But with Trigg, he's kind of always consistently been. Now I'm going to take a little bit of time with this. The next step for Trigg, I do expect him to narrow down a shorter list. I don't know whether that would be five, six, eight, ten. I don't know. I just know I expect him to do so. FSU and Auburn are two that I certainly expect to be on that list. Beyond them, I'm not really sure. But I know those are two schools he heavily likes. He's FSU's number one at the position. They love him. They love what he can do. I think FSU with this current staff has a good selling point with what they do at that position, how productive they can be with tight ends. I think we saw that with the recent transfer in from UCLA. He kind of talked about him and his people talked about, you know, the fact that FSU under Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, Chris Thompson, they have a history of using the tight end. I think that's appealing to Trigg. And Trigg's a really special kid. He's a very talented basketball football player. And you Knows basketball skills translate very well to the tight end position, but it was a long-term projection. I still feel very good about it at this point, but I do not believe anything is imminent as far as a crystal ball goes.
1: I'm going to go ahead and apologize real quick and just get out of the way. The The internet connection, not great right now. We're in the midst of a pandemic, guys, so people are home. And, you know, please forgive us that that there's going to be some wonky audio coming in and out right now. Chris kind of went like, Uh, he went robotic on us for a second there, but Chris, this isn't your fault. Your volume is great, buddy. It's awesome. I can hear you well today. Don't take it personally. My internet, not yours. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Hunter Washington ranked as the number 16 cornerback nationally based on the composite scores. Uh, 24, seven has him at 41 at his position. Mm -hmm. I think the somewhere in between more so like I, I, he, he looks like a low four-star, high three-star to me. I thought 41 cornerback in the 87 grade is maybe a little bit low, maybe more in the 89, 90 range. I know we're splitting hairs there, but I do think we're a little bit low on him as a as a network. Uh, do you guys agree or disagree? Well,
2: i um, are a little so bit low on him I, as a network.
1: I, I kicked it to both of you. My bad. I'm apologizing again. I'm done. Not apologizing for the next three podcasts. I haven't watched all 40 ahead of them, <laughs> but
3: uh, when I watch them, I think he's a kid that's of that caliber. He's a very high three-star, low four-star quality kid. The main thing for me is I want to see more of that ability to turn and burn and run. And athletically, is he fine with that? I think he is, but I want to see that. When I watched the three-and-a-half-minute huddle film that he put together of his junior clips, I didn't necessarily see that. Again, that's not a negative. It's just a matter of it wasn't present. And what I was evaluating in that one group of clips, I did not see it. Now, you know, Gabe Brooks and the guys of the Midwest, or I'm sorry, one of the Midlands territory, the Texas territory, their ability to see him is going to tell more. I called Brian Peroni from our AM site. Brian's not seen Hunter a whole lot in person, hasn't seen him in a game, seen him very limited in, like, camp events and such. So he couldn't give me much of a real view on him. The fact that we've lost camps, both on the college campuses and, like, the Nike circuit this year, it's detrimental in the sense of just getting more evaluation points beyond what you simply see on the high school film so you know i'm i'm not one that obsesses over rankings i think he's a good player you know i am still trying to figure out what is trying to accomplish with their secondary as far as what the goals are that was something i hope to see in the spring and that got taken from us but i have to believe that he's something that marcus woodson values in the secondary because he's a kid that he loved at auburn and that's carried over to florida state And it was rubber stamped by Adam Fuller and Mike Norvell. So that kind of lends itself to, you know, these guys believe this kid fits what they're trying to accomplish in the secondary.
1: That's one thing that sticks out to me. Like you start seeing, this is a whole new staff, right? So we're trying to kind of see their trends and, and what they like in a certain type of player at a position. Marcus Woodson seems to like cornerbacks who they don't have ideal size. He seems okay with that. If they have quick feet and, and they're a little chippy. And we see that with Hunter Washington, uh, that he's someone who maybe is uh, not prototypical length and size, but has the footwork and the the hip flexibility to do a, a lot of really impressive things from a coverage standpoint. Uh, who's the 2022 commitment they have from Georgia? Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. And he's similar. He's a little bit longer and keeps growing, but he's also someone with really great footwork and fluid. And then the Auburn cornerback that went in the first round this year, Noah, I'm going to butcher the last name, in- Ingo. I'm not going to even try to say it. Noah, let's call him Noah. Miami dolphins drafted 30th overall, not prototypical size, but track athlete with really good feet and, and hip flexibility. That seems what Marcus Woodson likes at that position. Moving forward here, guys, this wasn't the only commitment Florida state received this week uh, going into the weekend. This is someone that Josh and I were talking about when I was putting together like a list of just guys, whoever she was looking at on the grad transfer market. And I was like, Josh, have they talked to Jordan Wilson in a while? And and Josh wasn't entirely sure because that was a deal when they were t- recruiting both Wilson and Chris Murray from UCLA. I followed Jordan Wilson on Twitter. He followed me back immediately, which was interesting. It usually doesn't happen if a kid's not interested in FSU. Uh, Josh, what, what ends up happening over the weekend then?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Four State landed mm-hmm. their <laughs> tight end transfer. Well, I shouldn't say transfer because they've been looking through the juco ranks as well we knew that they've been looking to add an experienced tight end and that's exactly what they went out and did i don't think jordan wilson's all that explosive i don't know how much he's going to add offensively you know to the points scored and make a big difference but he does bring some experience to the to the offense
1: he raises the floor right to to steal the scouting term i mean they needed a
2: body in there you know they needed another another presence and and he brings some experience
1: I wrote today that I thought he was a tight end, too, for them. And they use a lot like they're going to use him probably 200 to 300 snaps this season, uh, which is not insignificant. Chris, would you agree? Like, I think that this isn't a guy who's brought in to be a plug and play starter. I think it's someone who solidifies the room and, and basically makes sure like if Cam McDonald gets hurt, or if White Rector isn't someone you decide to scholarship or if one of the true freshmen don't pan out like you're not in dire like situation there.
3: Yeah, I think he helps push Cam McDonald. I think he also helps you in that practice setting, and he allows you to be more comfortable with two, even three tight end sets if you want to run that out there. I talked to Riley Howard. He's the CEO of Elite Three Sports Training. He trains Wilson. I kind of just wanted to get a view of someone who's real familiar with the kid. And the thing that I came away from that conversation realizing is Riley just made it abundantly clear that Jordan's is very much a self-motivated kid. He wants to be good. He wants to work hard. He has a good work ethic. He didn't leave UCLA in some bad light. He was actually quite likely going to end up being the starter there this coming year after having a really good campaign in 2017 and kind of waiting his turn in the last two years. And he just wanted to go and kind of find a place that fit him, kind of like we saw Trey McKinney do, where he wanted to choose what was next for him. I think that's what this young man did. I don't think he's the type that comes in and assumes the starting role, but I think he does help you. I think he has adequate size. You know, Riley told me he's 6'5", 250, so let's say it's probably ballpark of that. That's a good, physical, college, mature body that kind of helps you secure the edge a little bit but can also get downfield and be an effective pass catcher.
1: Yeah, he's probably someone who does everything like at a serviceable level, and, and that's fine. He's going to, again, raise the baseline of that position group. With that in mind, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it. We talked about crunchy numbers in the last podcast we had. Josh said the numbers always work out. We'll get into those numbers working out after this break.
4: I-X-L Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. I-X-L is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using I-X-L are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, I-X-L gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects, one subscription gets you everything with I-X-L Learning. And all the kids in your home work off one price
1: All right, we're back, Josh. The numbers did work out. Uh, There's still surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I did like that someone when Mike Arnold. So we're talking about Mike Arnold enters the transfer portal. He's removed from the roster. I think he's he's more or less gone. Like that's not even more or less gone. He's he's not returning. That's a position that opens up uh, scholarship wise for Florida State. I, I did like Josh that. Someone asks, oh, what's the scholarship count at this point, and how many guys do we have? I provide all this in-depth information, gets like five upvotes. You go ahead and say the numbers always work out, and 50 upvotes later, everyone loves Josh more than Brendan.
2: They worked out, too. They know I don't lie to them.
1: Chris, this was shocking news to you that Mike Arnold entered the transfer (laughs) portal?
3: Well, I did fire him on the podcast, even though you guys Mm -hmm. told me I couldn't fire anyone.
1: You said you weren't going to fire anyone, and then you decide to start firing everyone is how that worked out. You're like, I'm not going to name names, and then you went on a five-minute rant about names.
3: From what I understand, Mike Norvell had an excellent interview with every single player on the roster, not solely scholarship players. Every player, I think it's ballpark around like 96 players is what I think I heard. And, you know, I I think from that, we're going to see a few guys shake loose. It was made abundantly clear to them that they don't fit into the future plans or it's time for them to pursue opportunities elsewhere and other things. And that's where we're at. And that's not a bad thing. This roster needs to lose some bad weight, dead weight guys that aren't going to contribute. Guys are claiming scholarships that can be used on effective future players. And, you know, we've seen through the use of the transfer portal with Florida State that they're trying to. Not only add necessarily guys that are big time players like starter types like Fabian Lovett, but also guys that can help him from a depth standpoint or guys that will just help him in practice. Probably like the young man from Purdue, he's more likely a practice contributor more than anything. But I think that's kind of the goal here is building a roster on multiple levels for multiple years mm-hmm. with better talent that will make you better on Saturdays. Not necessarily guys that help you on Saturday, but guys that will help you prepare for Saturday.
1: And I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I'll put it this way. I was basically told to keep be on the lookout for maybe some other guys from those exit interviews entering in the names in the transfer portal. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Nothing has come since Mike Arnold on the Friday news dump, essentially. Uh, but we'll keep an eye out. And I think ad drop is Thursday this week. So that'll be kind of telling to see when the schedules kind of shake out, if if there's a little bit more attrition Would either of you be surprised if if there's another name or two in the transfer portal by the end of the week?
3: I wouldn't be, but I think the concern for some of those guys is they're gonna enter the purgatory of the transfer portal. I don't know how appealing some of those guys are for future locations.
1: But I get uh, the idea that it sorry, real quick, Josh, I get the idea that this isn't like in past years. Like guys may not have a choice. This may I don't know if the staff is I think they are comfortable where the APR is gonna be. I don't think that they – and they also know they're going to be here as a long-term type of deal. I don't think there's this fear of uh, – I think they're okay moving away from some guys and telling them not to come back if, if they don't think they're following uh, the, the culture that this program is trying to instill right now. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Oh, damn, I apologize again.
2: No, there's Maybe nobody we- else that I expect this week.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So, So you would be
2: surprised then to answer my question. I wouldn't be surprised, because we're checking every day. <laughs> so you wouldn't be but surprised, not, but not, you don't expect There is it. not a name that I can point to. It's not say, evident. I'm thinking it's going to be this guy, but we are, as you guys know, checking every day to see if a new name goes in, because we're have you know, we kind of on alert right now, I guess.
1: Yeah, we were told to keep a lookout on it, and I mean, that's the best way to, to phrase it. Josh, you uh, you had an update today, VIP article on Knowles247.com. You guys can check it out, but... It's on an offensive line transfer, possibly FSU courting one It'd be a grad transfer, someone who can play offensive tackle. When Josh was writing this story, I was like, man, we should probably put an offensive tackle on the headline because, because that's kind of a big deal these days.
2: I listened to you. You did. I appreciate o- offensive it. tackle transfer target takes virtual visit to Florida state. So there you go. I think this is my second or third report on Houston offensive lineman transfer, Jared Williams. He entered the portal in late April. And, um, Florida state was pretty quick to contact him. They reached out. And then on Friday I reported that there's been a couple zoom calls and I also spoke to Williams on Friday and he told me that he was considering putting out a top three or a top five over the weekend and making a decision at the end of the month. I waited patiently. He did not drop a top list over the weekend, but I was able to confirm <clears throat> that he did a virtual visit. <clears throat> sorry. With the FSU. staff. Oh boy. Oh boy. On either Saturday or Sunday I'm not exactly sure which day it was, but it was over the weekend. Williams got a call on Zoom, and he basically did a visit with the same people that he'd visit with if he was in person. So I was told that he spent a good amount of time talking with Coach Norvell, talking with Coach Atkins, uh, his offensive line coach, and FSU strength and conditioning coach Josh Storms. I don't know if he spoke with academic people, if he was told about academics, but I was told that academics were a big part of it. He toured, I'm doing it in quotation marks, virtually the campus, the facilities, the locker room, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of took him around and um, it. I take it as a sign that he's engaged with Florida State. He's talking with Florida State. He's active with them.
1: Right, so um, right, Josh? I think that's an important, important part of the. They what? it's mutually it's mutual that vice versa. Florida state is also uh, interested in, oh, in him and continues to add to that interest.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, um, Williams hasn't said an exact date, but he did tell me that he he wants to make a decision at the end of the month. And from what I've gathered, the other programs that are involved in his recruitment are Baylor, USC, Ole Miss, Miami, and Indiana. There could be more. Um, I know he's talking to a lot of schools he was a two star recruit coming out of high school. So I was kind of told that, like, you know, he's enjoying the recruiting process a little bit. He didn't have a bunch of schools knock at his door, certainly not FSU, USC, Miami, and more. Um, so he's talking to a lot of schools. I wouldn't doubt that there's more. Uh, I've been told to kind of watch for Baylor because there's a connection there. His former high school coach is now at Baylor. I'm not exactly sure what role he's in, but. There's a tie there. It's also close to where he's at now. It's within within Texas and Miami. Um, Miami, because they have Dear King, quarterback transfer from Houston to Miami. He's on the roster now and participated with Miami in the spring. So <clears throat> those are some of the draws. But FSU is going to keep battling. Um, I'll probably re- reach out to Jared Williams later in this week and see if he's willing to talk or wants to name a top three. Uh, but until then, just keep bet- checking back with the site
1: you lost your confidence there at the very end welcome to my world all the time christopher king of the many many offer updates and top 15 top 13 top 10 lists quick rundown i guess of some of the uh, the most noteworthy ones to come out the last few days i have a couple in the top of my mind that if you don't mention I'll, I'll throw out there but i'm sure you'll cover us here in the next minute
3: well, since Monday rolled around, they've offered, I think, seven kids it's at. But most of them have been 22-23 types. A, lot of, a couple of Georgia boys, a lot of DNs, a real good Apopka DN, 2023 kid cave and call. The biggest offer, though, probably Garner Langlow. He's an offensive tackle from Ocala Trinity Catholic. Josh forecasted this yesterday that he expected the offer to come in. Langlow officially found out about it this morning, tweeted about it. I spoke to him a little bit this morning after he got the offer. He's been talking to Coach Atkins. Obviously, FSU has relations at that school with Jake Slaughter committed. They've been pursuing Caleb Johnson for some time. Garner is a kid. They really wanted to either get him on campus or go see him on his campus during the spring eval period to kind of move this thing along. And now we're all dancing in the dark because the rules have changed and things are shut down. So Langlo was kind of a weird game of chicken, for lack of a better term. And the offer finally came. Do I think FSU is a player? I think they will be. I'm not convinced they're in the driver seat pole sitter right now. I think Auburn's a school that's in a good spot with him. There's a couple others, but FSU has some work. As far as like top lists, uh, today, Dink Jackson, linebacker safety type from UGalley down in Melbourne, named a top 10. I think FSU, Auburn, Louisville, Tennessee are kind of the main four out of that 10 you probably need to know right now. Miami's also in it. Probably shouldn't discount them some because of proximity. But I don't know how hot and heavy they are with him. He's a kid that there's six crystal balls in for FSU with him. I think both parties are kind of feeling each other out a bit. I don't know that FSU is exactly ready to green light him. I don't know that he's exactly ready to jump on board somewhere. I think some of that is, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? What What is he at the next level? How does he fit into what you're trying to do? His video is one of those where you like what he does, but you probably want to see more. Spring eval period probably would have paid off for him with some schools. And then uh, Tyrone Ingram Dawkins, defensive tackle from Gaffney, South Carolina. He named a top six on Sunday evening. Florida State was among those six. At that, that time, he was planning to decide this coming weekend. He has now pushed that decision back. If he was deciding this coming weekend, it definitely wouldn't be FSU. It would more than likely be Georgia, South Carolina, or Tennessee. Tennessee is obviously the hottest team in the country right now as far as getting commitments, but George has done a really good job there in South Carolina. It's a home state school that really wants him. So, yeah, you know, that's one of those to keep tabs on. He likes Odell. He's communicating with Odell, but he's never visited. So it's he's kind of playing from behind there compared to some others. Was there anybody else you were thinking of, Sunone?
1: No, you hit on the ones that I was thinking about. Nicely done. Do we have anything else, fellas? I think we're starting to wind down here. Hey, let me ask. It's 5 o'clock. What are you guys doing for happy hour?
3: I'm about to go do a massive belly flop into the pool and scare the hell out of my kids when I do it. Uh Don't don't, don't scare me.
1: Yeah, I just want to end the podcast now. For Chris Knee, Josh Newberg, this is Brendan Sinone. I'm going to need alcohol after that visual image. This has been On the Bench. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back later this week. Soon. Later this week.